When it comes to retirement planning, you literally can't afford to procrastinate. You have to be prepared for any possible financial challenge. Let's make sure that you're ready for retirement. It's time for the Retire Ready Podcast with Kyle Hammersmith, investment advisor, representative, and founder of Mocan Wealth Management. Welcome into this edition of the podcast. It's Retire Ready with Kyle Hammersmith from Mocan Wealth Management, here to talk with me on a two-part podcast series on are there universal retirement truths? We got 10 of these things we've identified. And so we're going to talk about five this week on the show. And then we'll talk about five in a couple of weeks for the second half here. Because, you know, if you think about it, retirement is a unique journey for each people. And the thought that there's a one size fits all solution obviously is a bit of a myth there. But what about the universal things that do kind of happen to all of us, right? That kind of are going to affect all of our lives. So we're going to go through those universal retirement truths. Are they? Are they not? How should you think about those. That's going to be the focus of the podcast here on Retire Ready. Kyle, what's going on, buddy? How are you this week? Been pretty good. Uh, seasons, weather's changing, football's back on, kids are back, and well, one of the kids is back in school. It's so <laughs> this is a good time of the year, I think, for everybody. Yeah, so. yeah. I think I would agree with that. Uh, moms and dads everywhere rejoicing when they're like, oh, good. Go back to school. Get out of the house for a little bit. Uh, and that's a universal thing, right? Every it seems like every year, uh, September, people are like, oh, good. You know, fall's coming back. Uh, if you're a sports fan, obviously a lot of sports back coming back and to the point about kids. So there you go. That's a universal truth right there. Uh, but let's do some financial ones instead, Kyle. The first one here is that everybody needs an income plan. I mean, to me, this seems like a pretty standard universal truth because at some point you're not going to have a paycheck. So you do still have to have some kind of a plan for receiving, you know, monthly income. You guys still got to have the lights on and eat and all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, if there are some individuals maybe that don't have retirement accounts and their situation is pretty simple, it's social security checks and pension checks or, you know, they, they're not relying on other sources of income, but. But that's still I a plan. <laughs> To me, right? I mean, yeah, it's a cash flow plan. You got cash flow in and out, and most of it's going to be guaranteed. Um, that that that's probably more consistent with like older generations of you know they had their social securities and pensions. But an idea is like I I think most people that I either um, talk to or work with for sure, um, they're going to need a, a very well thought out income plan. We don't really we can call it an income plan. We call it more of a the order of withdrawal strategy of like, you know, how, wh what are we solving for? What's your spending capacity and where's it going to come from versus just kind of winging it and taking social security. So it's usually, it has to be very well thought out because at the end of the day, everything you do is a, is a tax decision, but at first you're solving for your income and understanding like what's your spending capacity going to be, how much do you need and how much can you get? Okay. Okay. So you got to have that income plan, regardless of the situation. It's still got to be some form of monthly check coming in, mailbox money, ETF, whatever you want to call it. But you got to have something coming in, got to pay those bills. All right. Number two, everybody needs a plan to address long-term care issues. Now we're all going to get older, Kyle. And it's, what is it? Two out of every three, I think, or people or seven out of every 10 experience a long-term care event. So it certainly seems like a universal thing that could happen to many of us. Obviously, the reality is some people will be blessed and not have anything happen, but still. Yeah, I think the number is out there. It's between 60 and 70% of pre-retirees or baby boomers are going to need some type of care. Now, whether you like to think about it or not, if you have, if you went out and bought policies and long-term care insurance, okay, great. You have you have a plan in place to, you know, to potentially pay for those expenses as long as you keep making those insurance premiums. 
But if you do, if you didn't go down the route of buying like traditional long-term care insurance, you still have a plan. Your plan is you're going to self-insure. Literally every single household has three options. Okay. You're going to self-insure. You're going to go buy a traditional long-term care policy, or you're going to buy something more modern based, which is probably like a life insurance or an annuity, but then it has an attached long-term care writer on it to pay for that expense in the future. So there's pros and cons of all those. Um, you know, there are quite a few households that I actually sit down with that it's probably best that they self-insure. They have the assets to do it as long as they kind of separate it from their retirement assets um, to kind of use their own money in the future to pay for it. I'm a big proponent of making sure if we're going to self-insure and and not do like traditional long-term care, you want to kind of make sure you have like a Roth IRA or like a taxable brokerage account to pay for those expenses in the future. Because those are going to be some big numbers where we don't really want to have to rely on tax deferred withdrawals because that's going to be a huge tax hit. And then kind of more popular is, you know, most people are going to have some equity build up into their home later in life. You know, worst case scenario, you're going to be forced to either sell your house to pay for it or you're going to take out like equity on your home to pay for that care versus having like that traditional long term care policy. It really just kind of comes down to, you know, if you're single or married and like, what are your legacy goals on if you want to protect the nest egg? Because long-term care insurance really is meant for people who have assets, but not necessarily. So, Gotcha. Okay. Nobody can consistently time the stock market successfully. Now, this certainly seems like a universal truth uh, that we all should know. I mean, I think people sometimes feel like, hey, I got lucky once in a while so I can do this again. But I mean, universally, nobody can do this. Yeah, I think some people actually think they can. Um, which is kind of scary. Right. Um, so we, you know, we're, we're not really going to talk about the typical day traders and the, uh, the day-to-day trader, but we're going to talk about this more of this retiree or pre-retiree investor who kind of, I would say consistently like emotionally tries to predict what the markets are going to do. Um, which is really, really hard because you have to be right twice. You have to be right when you sell, and when you buy, um, you might be able to get one of those two, right. But doing this a lot and then getting right twice is almost impossible. And that's why these types of investors really usually underperform like the major market indices long-term. They don't really have peace of mind. They don't really sleep well at night when markets are going up and down. And we would rather you time the market with like tax planning by moving dollars when ta- the markets are down to like tax-free accounts versus trying to predict which way the markets are going to move and trying to sell and move to cash and bonds and wait for it to come back up. Um, because at the end of the day, like you can brag about it trying to, you know, you were right once or twice, but kind of going about it that way over a 30-year time horizon seems very stressful. And all the studies say that's not the best way to grow your wealth long-term. Yeah. I mean, again, sometimes, you know, we're going to get lucky. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think anyone trying to fool it, it's like trying to say, you know, I'm going to always beat the house at craps or, you know, roulette or something like that. Right. I mean, it's just it's just not possible. So don't fool yourself into thinking that. Uh, Number four on a universal retirement truth here. Nobody knows how long they're going to live, uh, certainly, unless you've been given a finite medical diagnosis. And even sometimes that can be wrong, you know, assuming that you're going to either die early because there's some genetics or live forever because there's some genetics, you still want to have a strategy in place. You know, Kyla, I'm, I'm a victim of this myself. You know, all the, all the men in my family pass away pretty early and I've got some health issues. So I'm certainly of the mindset that I probably won't see longevity, but I'm not planning that way, you know, just in case I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, no one really has that crystal ball. I mean, you have family history and all that 
stuff that kind of helps you make those types of decisions. But, you know, I would say most people that have saved their money for 20, 30, 40 years, they're looking to make decisions and put plans in place to kind of utilize that for the next 20 to the 40, 30 to 40 years versus like, Hey, you know, if I'm going to die at 75, let's make decisions based upon that because, you know, that's planning for the worst, hoping for the best. So at the end of the day, longevity is there's it's a crystal ball theory you can basically you know make adjustments as life happens but really understanding that we, no one knows how long they're going to live so i would say most people that i work with and talk to are like show me the best way to do this in a plan that's going to take us out to 90 94 85 100 um versus like hey I'm only going to be here 10 years. Show me how to spend all my money. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. If we came with that milk stamp, right, like a, like a gallon of milk, it'd be so easy to kind of strategize and plan out, you know, the things we need to do because we'd know exactly when we're going to expire. But uh, it doesn't work that way. So and it'd be a little weird, too. I don't know if I'd want to necessarily have that stamped on my arm. Uh, knowing that you only got so much time left. It seems like the last couple of years would be really stressful, right, If you, if that was the situation. So, all right, let's do the fifth one here, and then we'll take we'll come back and do the other half on uh, the next podcast. Money sitting in cash isn't keeping up with inflation. Now, somebody might immediately hear that, Kyle, and go, "Well, it's a whole lot better now, and it's pretty darn good." You know, maybe I can get five percent. But if you're really being honest, it's never kept up with inflation, right? I mean, if you're growing something in the bank, that's still never really truly keeping up with inflation. Even if you're getting five percent right now at some banks. The reality is, is inflation in a lot of places is still higher than what they're claiming it is at three and a half or four or whatever they're currently claiming it is at the time we're doing this. I mean, at the end of the day, retirement assets, in my opinion, are not meant to be held in the bank. Like we're talking about your retirement savings, like emergency cash, all that fun stuff. Okay. Yes. But retirement savings, I mean, are not meant to be long-term kept in the bank because the rates now are probably won't be long-term. Again, like what, what did you take to fund your your CD that's getting 4%. Like, did you, did you sell your equities that were down 10 to 15 to get into the CDs or did you take fresh cash and kind of just go into the CD, which is better than selling at a loss? I think I, I know I was reading something. Uh, I don't remember where it was where like cash in the bank has underperformed equities or the markets like an, on average by like seven to 8% long-term, which is kind of scary. So at the end of the day, you can't really predict what we just talked about, what the markets are going to do. But being too conservative is definitely a risk in itself. And I actually do run across this quite a bit where like the conservative investor would rather almost go broke safely than they would like getting into the market and like having short term losses. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and again, if you think about it historically, you know, somebody would say, oh, back in the day, you know, we were getting 12 or 15 or 17 percent or something like that in a CD. But what was your, you know, what was your mortgage rate right back then? You know, it was much higher. So I think if you go back and really look historically, you know, money sitting in in some of those safe products like a CD or just at the bank, they're just it's never going to keep up with inflation. There's always going to be something more. And if you break down those CPI numbers, right, the weird things that don't get put in there, or just go, you know, the, just feel it when your wallet, right? They might say inflation's lower right now, but you know, eggs, and milk and meat is still pretty high, right? So it's just never going to keep up with it. So you want to make sure that even though there's these universal truths that affect us all, that we are certainly taking into into account and strategizing for the individual piece uh, and the individualness, I suppose, of every situation that makes up every individual's retirement strategy. So if you need some help and you want to make sure that you retire ready, reach out to Kyle and have a conversation 
and get on his calendar today by visiting him online at mocanwealth.com. That's mocanwealth.com, M-O-K-A-N wealth.com. And uh, don't forget, you can also pick up a copy of the Retire Ready Toolkit. Uh, check out the podcast, and you can find that again on his website as well, mocanwealth.com. Kyle, thanks for hanging out, buddy, and I will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. Sounds like a plan. We'll see you guys next time here on Retire Ready with Kyle Hammerschmidt. Investment advisory services offered by duly registered individuals through Creative One Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth, LLC, and Mocan Wealth Management are unaffiliated entities. Licensed insurance professional. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investment and insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. This material has been prepared for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for accounting, legal, tax, or investment advice. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Insurance product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing company.